Okay. Hello. Oh, you're talking on my intro. You're talking sorry. on my intro. I demand silence. Because uh, I got to say hello to everybody. Now you can talk. Hey, what's up? <laughs> this is going to be fun. That was the best intro ever, man. Yeah. It's, it's uh, you got to keep it natural. Yeah. yeah. That's how the pros do it. Where are the pros? Yeah. <laughs> Find us some pros to do the show for us. We brought a pro. See? Oh, we you're, did. You're, you're under the wither. I am. And uh, I, I can't read. So that's why we brought along Mrs. Q-Dog. Hello, Melissa. Hello. How are you guys doing? Good. I'm doing well. I'm okay. doing very well. I'm very excited to be here. <laughs> I am. It's I hard. Am. It's really hard oh, to sound sincere on this show. I love being on Fandango. Who doesn't love being on Fandango? Well, and it's a film exactly. dango. You're, you're on film dango. Well, but still, I mean, right. it's with you too, so it's good. All right. Well, we're happy to have you, Melissa. Oh, you yeah. sound happy to have me. Yeah. Well, I'm a little <laughs> under the weather. And I just want to make it clear that, yes, we did. I, I know there has been some questions out there and people have been asking, did we invite Melissa on the show uh, to cover romantic comedies just because she is a woman? And I want to rest assured everybody that, yes, that is the case. It's not because she's our friend and... You know, we we want to hear her opinions on these films and uh, want her perspective on it. We just, she's a woman, and that's the only reason why she's on the show. I just want to make that clear to everyone. I just want to make it clear that there was no we involved in this. That's right. That was me. It was all me. That's right. (laughs) Well, I'm glad that I won out amongst all the other women you know to be on this show. Yeah, that's it. Heavy competition there. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, let's see. Pam said no. Uh, we could not uh, find uh, Nintendo. Uh, Sarah said I don't want to be on your stinking show anymore. Uh, Paul's wife. Uh, you scraped the bottom of the barrel. Out the fridge. Uh, <laughs> that's right. You scraped the bottom of the barrel and you flaked off of it. Oh. Great, great. I okay. cannot I wait for the rest of the show now. I can't use all of this energy right off the start. I got to defend these movies. <laughs> so let's go. Let's do it. It sounds like you're the one with an issue because you're yeah. just assuming. I know. There's going to be a lot of hatred. Like, I, th- oh, I, was, I was like thinking that you guys had like some sort of extra, like we had our Twitter conversation and I, I have a feeling there was like a Melissa and Rambox conversation going back and forth like, can't believe kevin recommended these movies <laughs> yeah we should really mess with his head and tell him how much we hate these movies and yeah i have a feeling there was some back and forth going on i won't uh, lie yeah the thought had crossed my mind i knew it <laughs> you know we do each have a disapproving look magnet a mrs q dog disapproving look magnet so that's right oh, we that's are right. magnet buddies i'm out of the club how, how do i get into that club how do I get well, myself? You gotta post real answers instead of sarcastic quips when yeah. Chris Roberts oh. does his uh, offers. No, no, I don't post real real answers. Just for the you record, I, I won two contests, but he refuses to give me another magnet. <laughs> well, shipping to Japan is a little pricey, so buck fifty. Is that all much? Well, I guess what yeah, it costs to ship Melissa to Japan. The, buck fifty. In the states in Canada, be twelve bucks. So movies, right? Yeah, let's watch a bunch of movies. Uh, Kevin had the great idea to uh, do romantic comedies this month. I love these movies. Yeah, Yeah. you love all three of these. I love, or you just love romantic comedies in general. I hate romantic comedies. He does enjoy romantic comedies. It's not the first one we've done on the show. In fact, he's recommended at least two. In the past. Yeah, and these are three. Now, okay, I do like romantic comedies, but to me, these are like the uh, uh, godfather, if you will, of romantic. Like, you could consider the godfather an action film, because there's a lot of action in that movie, right? But this isn't like your Chuck Norris stupid, dumb action film. These are like, you know, the godfather of romantic comedies, if that makes sense. (laughs) In my opinion. Not really, but we did watch As Good As It Gets. 
So I Married an Axe Murderer, and When Harry Met Sally. Uh, let's just That's get good right there. Let's just get started. Um, first movie, as good as it gets, 1997. Here is the trailer. Open his curtains for him so he can see God's beautiful work. And he'll know that even things like this happen for the best. Where do they teach you to talk like this in some Panama City sailor want a hump hump bar? Sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. TriStar Pictures invites you to meet a truly appalling individual. He's a freak show. He's the worst person I ever met. Help! If you want to see me, you will make an appointment. Dr. Green, how can you diagnose someone as an obsessive compulsive disorder and then act as though I had some choice about barging in? <laughs> You have messed your last floor. <laughs> have, you, have, you, uh, have you seen my dog with a little little face? Little... Uh-oh. You have no idea what your work means to me. How do you write women so well? I think of a man. And I take away reason and accountability. Melvin, wait! <laughs> Shut up, kids! <laughs> Definitely a package you don't want to open or touch. Pay me a compliment, Melvin. I need one. Quick. I love you. You make me want to be a better man. That's maybe the best compliment of my life. From Academy Award winner James L. Brooks. Well, maybe I overshot a little because I was aiming it just enough to keep you from walking out. <laughs> Comes a story about how the people you can't live with. Uh, Carol the waitress, Simon the fag. Become the people you can't live without. We all have these terrible stories to get over and you just- It's not true. Some of us have great stories, pretty stories that take place at lakes with boats and friends and noodle salad. Just no one in this car. Jack Nicholson, Helen Hunt, Greg Kinnear, and Cuba Gooding Jr. I love you. I tell you, buddy, I'd be the luckiest guy alive if that did it for me. As good as it gets. Uh, Melvin Udall. Udall? 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 I don't know. I thought it was Udall. I, I can't Melvin. remember. Melvin played by Jack Nicholson, is an obsessive-compulsive writer of romantic fiction who's rude to everyone he meets, including his gay neighbor, Simon, played by Greg Kinnear. When Melvin has to look after Simon's dog, he begins to soften, and if still not completely over his problems, finds he can conduct a relationship with Carol, played by Helen Hunt, the only waitress at the local diner who will serve him. The film also stars Cuba Gooding Jr., Skeet Ulrich, and Lisa Simpson. Maya Rudolph's first speaking role. This was before she was on Saturday Night Live? Yeah, 97. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did pick her out in the back. She was a police officer. I, I'm surprised yeah, you like, knew who she was. I thought you'd be like, <laughs> who's that? Uh, yeah, she was on Saturday Night Live for like... Is she still on it? No. I don't know, she, she had a good run. Yeah, like a yeah. decade. Um, uh, directed by James L. Brooks. Uh, running time of 2 hours and 19 minutes. Is it really that long? That's what, that was my question. I was surprised to find out that the movie was that long. I've never <laughs> actually looked to see how long this movie is. Because you're too busy gushing. And That's right. Staring That's at right. it with, with hearts jumping out of your eyeballs. Those aren't my eyeballs. <laughs> <laughs> Did you watch these movies with Sarah? Uh, I watched this movie with Sarah. The other two I okay, watched. Okay. My... I, I have, well... Can I just get this out of the way? I just want to yeah. know. Um, did you first watch these movies with Sarah, or did you first see them on your own? This movie was the first movie that Sarah and I watched in the theater together. It was uh, kind of sort of our first date. Uh, yeah, see, uh, some of this is. is making sense, right? There what? it is. What? Okay. Uh, the next one, the So I Married an Ex-Murderer. Did you watch that no, I, together? I had that on. Like, I watched that a ton in the 90s okay. before I even met her. Right. That's also, I, I got a theory going. And okay. so far, this is, I'm, I'm batting a thousand. Uh, and uh, Harry and Sally? Uh, Sarah introduced me to when Harry met Sally. Okay. 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 
All right. Okay. What's wrong with you people? What's I'm just, I, there is nothing wrong. Nothing I'm wrong. Just trying to just ask prove questions? a point to myself. I want to read this uh, back and forth you two had on Twitter afterwards <laughs> when we're done recording. Yeah, this. We don't have that kind of time, Ken. I want to read all that. I want to print out. Uh, okay. should, we, Melissa, should we do fun facts and then we'll yes, get into it? Yeah, yes. Let's all okay. Go ahead. Okay. Fun facts. At the 1998 Oscars ceremony, when Jack Nicholson won for Best Actor, he gave a little nod to his character of Melvin Udall by carefully stepping over the cracks between the tiles on stage. He dedicated his Oscar to his A Few Good Men co-star, J.T. Walsh, who died shortly before the ceremony. The scene where the dog mimics Melvin's movements as he walks over cracks was done by placing obstacles on the sidewalk so the dog would have to step over them. The obstacles were then later digitally removed. That's clever. I was wondering mm-hmm. how they did that. That was pretty good. Melvin's response to the question about how he writes women so well, which was, I think of a man, then take away reason and accountability, was an actual response given by author John Updike when asked the same question. What a jerk. <laughs> that you idolize so by getting us to watch these movies. John Updike? <laughs> Keep going. Uh, both Nicholson and Helen Hunt won leading Oscars for As Good As It Gets, while Greg Kinnear was nominated for Best Supporting Actor, but did not win. Oh. As Good As It Gets was a box office hit, opening at number three, behind Titanic and Tomorrow Never Dies. It is Nicholson's second most lucrative film behind Batman. The dog Verdell was played by six Brussels Griffins, Timer the Dog, Sprout, Debbie, Billy the Dog, Parfait, and Jill the Dog. Jill got the most screen time. And when I was watching with Sarah, she was pointing out which dog was the cute dog and which one was the ugly one. It's like, oh, that's an ugly dog. Oh, that's the cute dog. That's the ugly dog. Do they give out Oscars for for animal actors? Because they did a good job with that dog. I'll say that. Very expressive. Um, I, it it was. If anyone here listened to the Willow cast, I'd akin, you know, say it, liken it to, um, you know, Alora Dannon's reactions. You know, mm. how do you get how do you get something so small who doesn't know what's going on to to react the way you want? All right, I just want to say why I picked this movie for Richard before Melissa and him tear it apart. Uh, I I thought Richard would like this movie a lot because he could relate to the OCD stuff that uh-huh. uh, Melvin uh, was going through. <laughs> and he is exactly what I would picture Richard be like if he, if he became a writer. He was in, you know, Richard was in New Jersey, probably move over to the big city in New York, be in an apartment by himself. He'd learn how to play the piano, the one song on the piano, always look on the bright side of life. It just seemed like this, this had Richard written all over it. Uh, that's Our what I was wondering. Editors. Yeah. Did you relate like, at all to his to all of his OCD, OCDness? I thought you would have picked What About Bob then. That's not a romantic. It's not comedy. a romantic comedy. Well, it, these aren't romantic comedies. Oh, I, I don't like the term romantic comedy. I think these are movies about people. Okay. It's just it's just a character movie. So I don't you don't like think any romantic comedy? No, not any three of these movies are romantic <clears throat> comedies. Um, I would, for what I picture a romantic comedy as, I'd say one of them is, okay. and the See, other this two... Is, this is what I mean. I think romantic comedies have a bad rap. Because when yeah. you think of them, you think of all the crappy movies, like yeah, Helen, yeah, 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 Helen yeah. going on 30 or 13 going on 12 or all the, you know... It's one, the schmaltzy all the dumb, stuff. It's all those, that. See, but when you say action film, right... Like people think of like the Chuck Norris and the cheesy covers and all that, but there are good action films like Die Hard, you know. And so then these movies are romantic comedies. They're just really good. They're above the the that schmaltzy crappy stuff. Yeah, I, I think this was just a movie about people because it's it's all sorts of relationships. There were friendships and there were uh, like the the romantic part of it was kind of it's like we don't know if that's if it's going to go down that road yeah you know at least for me i wasn't sure if if uh, how the movie was going to end so i yeah. thought it was just more about relationships people dealing with each other and learning about each other and it was the the three main characters there 
dealing with their issues in life and just having people to talk to about it and, you know, learning to deal with it. And, you know, whether they become in a relationship or a friendship, all that was kind of secondary. It was just about watching them go through their, <clears throat> their lives and finally have somebody they can talk to and open up to about things. And I don't know. I, I don't know what you thought I would hate about this movie. I loved it. I thought it was great. I, I didn't think you would hate it. I think I thought you would like it. That's why I recommended it to you. But then all well, these just snark- all set up about. Because there's all these snarky gifts happening all week. There's Every time I turn on Twitter, snarky gifts every day. What community like, are you running with? Who, p- who, all picked, we do. This, who picked this trash? <laughs> to press the watch. Well, I'm I not the one that the started. Word trash that was comment. used. <clears throat> there was there was some trash being thrown around. It and was like, implied was, heavily. There was gifts of dumpster fires, all sorts of things. <laughs> I'm like, what do I got to do here, man? I think these movies are great. Oh, <laughs> right, so you did like it. You liked it as good as you get. As good as I did. I it wasn't until I watched it that I started remembering all the the commercials from back in the day of it saying, you know, this is oh, this movie's doing great and being nominated for all these awards and everything. So I, I know it was a whole big to do, but just never uh, something that I, I felt interested in watching. All right, Melissa, what did you think of as good as it gets? Um. Have you seen I, it before? Like, did, have you? Was this your first time? Or? She's, no, I she's think, busy filling in uh, what uh, spreadsheets right now. No, no, no. <laughs> what are you doing there? I'm typing on the Google Doc. Um, <laughs> I think I have seen this before. Um, I thought I had seen it before, and then when I watched it, I had totally forgotten about Greg Kinnear being gay. Actually, I thought it was more of a love triangle. So I, I don't know. I'm pretty sure I did see it. I think I just forgot okay. everything about it. Um, and I did like this movie. I did think it ran a little long. Like, I felt like it was running, like, uh, when let's let's move on. Like, mm. so, but I did like it. I did like it. I would say it was my number two of the three movies. Number two. Okay. Mm. All right. Yeah. So. No, That's bad. not a difficult order to predict. Huh? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have a feeling. You, know, I, uh, you both mentioned the running time. I uh, don't have any comment because I watched all of these movies in portions, just like 20 minutes here, 30 minutes there. So I, I, I suppose it, yeah, it did feel like it was long, but I never felt like it was boring. Uh, it, it kept my interest the entire time. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it, it was just a, a, a very layered film. There were a lot of little details about mm-hmm. each character. And I like that you do get three complete pictures. You know, uh, their three characters are fleshed out really well. So they all you have get, an arc. They all have an arc and they all have their their past and you know their history and whatever their their issue is. And they all have a nice resolution. Um, and even the, there aren't too many side characters beyond them. You know, you've got your Cuba Good Jr. And, and Lisa Simpson and all of them are in there and they don't really have any arcs themselves, but they, they do their jobs as supporting actors and they fill in the world of those characters and it, it was all done well. Uh, I, I didn't think, uh, I don't think there was anyone that I was disinterested in or bored with. Uh, of course the movie looked great. Uh, sounded great, um, very believable, and I like that Jack Nicholson's character was uh, a complete mess, and he was supposed to be annoying and obnoxious, and he was. Uh, he he was offensive. He they was didn't hold back. Racist, yeah. sexist, uh, but they did it in a way where you can still see the guy has issues it's it's he's not just uh, a curmudgeon for the sake of being a curmudgeon he actually has mental issues so um it's it's almost like an archie bunker type character where uh there's something deeper it's like the way he was brought up you get little fragments about his family life he's talking about his father and how he was uh in he stayed in a room for 18 years and he would hit him with a ruler for for mm. making mistakes at the piano so he, you get just enough there, so you can yeah. see a little history. 
normally with a movie like this, uh, the the other characters would all be it would, like everything would center around Melvin, right? Melvin has a problem. We're all gonna get it together. And we're gonna fix Melvin's problem and his issue. And but instead, like this movie is really, I just I love the way how it's all. Like Melvin starts doing things for the other characters, but he's really doing them for himself. But the other characters don't really recognize it, right? Like he starts being nice to Greg Kinnear because he he's grown attached to Greg Kinnear's dog. He starts being nice to Helen Hunt because he all he wants is for her, him to serve her or her to serve him at the restaurant get mm-hmm. to get his breakfast so he can eat because he's so OCD. And they think of the, like what he's doing, like he's helping with her son, uh, he's helping with uh, Greg Kinnear's dog. He, they think like he's making these grand gestures, but he's he's not really. He's just really doing the stuff for himself. And uh, right, well, it, it it's he is in a position where he's very wealthy. You know, he's yeah. very well off. He he's, he's a, writer. a successful author. Right. So he's got this great apartment in New York City and he's just got all this extra money and nobody to spend it on. So and for him it's, it's just... not like if he couldn't make friends like that they have that one scene where the the pretty secretary who's in her 20s comes up to him and she's like idolizing him and swooning over him because of the characters that he writes. Mm-hmm. And then he turns her completely off with that uh, quote from from John Updike. Um, so he could have, you know, whatever life he wanted, you know, um, but this is because he's stuck in this OCD world. This is the life that he is created for himself and he just doesn't want to, to change it. And uh, through that, that's how he when he lets Helen Hunt and Greg Kinnear into his life, that's when he starts to to grow as a character. And I don't know. I just thought it was very, it was very, it was layered all very well with all all these characters. Just a well written movie. Yeah, I, I really liked that scene when the secretary was trying to come on to him because then you get in that moment that here this guy has no ego about himself. Yeah, he he's very uh, particular about how things are done and how he lives his life, but. Yeah, he could very easily take advantage of his position, but no, he's just a wacko. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Uh, yeah, and I was waiting. I I remember the first time I was watching this movie too. I was waiting for that uh, shoe to drop where it was going to be. Carol finds out that Melvin only is doing this because he wants, you know, he wants his waitress. And Greg Kinnear finds out that Melvin's only doing this because he wants to spend time with the dog. And then that's going to be like, that's going to be the confrontation, but it never goes there. It never goes that direction. It goes, in, mm. you know, uh, a completely more believable and realistic, uh, direction. And in, in a way too, this movie, like how the characters are all layered, it kind of feels like a, a Seinfeld in a way, just a lot less goofy. Um, you know, just, you know how like in Seinfeld, like the characters would have their own, you know, um, uh, motivation, own uh, driving thing, whatever, whatever was progressing them through the story. And at the end, stuff would kind of come together and it kind of felt like this movie kind of works that way in a little bit. Uh, and Richard's frowning at me. He's just like, I don't get, I don't see that. At uh, all. <laughs> no, no. I'm, I'm, I was just curious uh, who. Um... What's his name? Greg Kinnear lost to as Robin Williams got the Oscar that year for uh, oh, Good Will Hunting. Cause, oh. Yeah, because he did a great job. I mean, the yeah. three of them were really strong performances. And it, it's, it always stinks like when something, oh, nominated for 10 Academy Awards and it wins nine. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, uh, kind of sad at the after party. but Yeah. Uh, and uh, just, that, yeah, yeah, like that's the, that was the, you know, Helen Hunt having to get over Carol, I should say, having to get over her own, um, you know, like she was stuck in a, in a pattern too, right? Mm-hmm. Like she was stuck in, I got to look after my son and all that. And when Melvin starts taking over and they, and just freeing up her life a little bit and her mom, Carol's mom's like, well, let's go out. Let's just have a night out. And it's like Helen Hunt's character doesn't even know what to do. You know, it's like, I, I, I can't go out. I can't do this. You know, she's just been tied down for so long and uh, she's overcomplicating things. She thinks that there's like this something, you know, something more is going going on. And finally, her mom just says, look, I, I just want to go out. That's it. I want to go out. And, you know, then she's finally able to overcome that 
and her. I just, I don't know. I thought all that stuff was great. Hmm. She, she was um, really interestingly written. Um, you kind of, you said before you were waiting for the other shoe to drop for certain things. Um, I thought it was really interesting that she had her, her big confrontation with um, um, Melvin in her first scene with him. Mm. You know, he's sitting down uh, yeah. waiting for his breakfast and oh, yeah. he makes this off comment about her son who's really ill and she gets extremely offended by it and sits down and starts yelling at him and has this big, you know, th- this would be the the third act moment in, in another film uh, where she confronts him and, and you, you think this is it. <laughs> they're they're going to go their separate ways, but that's just the beginning. Mm. And so it was just interestingly written. Right. Okie doke. Um, yeah, I, I think it. we are, <laughs> we are in agreement. <laughs> so uh, we all liked well, it. Melissa, see, well, you <sighs> like it, but you don't seem to uh, be blown away by it the way Kevin is. No, I guess I'm I'm not I'm not blown away by it. Um, but I but I enjoyed it for what it was. I don't know if I'd watch it again per se. You know, if I'd it's not in my library. You know, we only had one of these movies in our library. I had to rent the other two from uh, from the library, from the public oh, library. Okay, well, it didn't cost you anything. No, no, it's okay. fine. No, no. <laughs> it, that doesn't matter. But you know, but there was a you know we're not going to talk about the little uh, little small bit part by Harold Ramis. Oh, oh right. that's right. That's yeah. why you did might I, like this movie too. Did I forget to put him in there? I did. I, th- I think yeah. you did. Yeah. Oh man, sure. I did too. Yeah, Harold Ramis is in this movie. There you go. Uh, I will say there were two Ghostbuster cameos in this. Kevin, I'm thinking. Come on, Yearly Smith wasn't in uh, Simpson. She's in this. Oh, you mean like the new, like the newer Ghostbusters movie, the 2016 one? No, no, no. Because I think Maya Rudolph has a cameo in that. (laughs) You know, it's funny that you mentioned her because I I totally missed her, which is weird because I like recognized other people. I, I I tend to recognize like other people all the time, but I missed her. She was yeah. uh, the cop, female yeah. cop. Yeah, just had I had to people. go back and look her up. Uh, uh, well, Egon was in this, and I call him yeah. Egon because he was a doctor in New York City. So oh, there you I, go. Oh, come on. But uh, Brian Doyle Murray. Oh, that's oh, right. Yeah, that's uh, right. Of course. Yes. Yeah, but he he's not in Ghostbusters. He's in Ghostbusters He's in Ghostbusters 2. Too. Yeah. yeah. Well, he's in, and he's in Ghostbusters video game. That is true, yes. Uh, that gives him enough credit. All right. Fair enough. You win that round Mm. (laughs) i said i don't have energy to argue with you so okay well uh just one side question here melissa what is your favorite movie my very favorite yeah oh well it's kind of a toss-up i like porky's too no (laughs) i don't even know i don't i haven't seen that one come on yeah did you say heat heat Okay. With Val Kilmer. Val, Val Kilmer. Kilmer uh, Val Kilmer. Wow. Robert De Niro. Yeah. Al um, Pacino. Al Pacino. Yes. Yeah. And um, I'll say I like Clue. Clue has more nostalgic. Right. Uh, okay. Uh, reasons right. for us, for me, I should say, and my family. So that's why Clue is up there. But I like Heat, the movie, as like <laughs> my number one. Yeah. There you go. See words with uh, one word titles. That's, that's right. Likes. Yeah. If I if... four four letter words as titles. Yeah. Like <laughs> those those movies with like six six word titles. Yeah, they're too much, yeah, right? They're too uh, much, yeah. That could be a theme right there. <laughs> Do that. That could be a film dango. Movies with only four words in the title. I can't think of another one, but that's it. Um I will say, like, if I want to nitpick about the movie, the one thing I didn't like was uh some of the reaction shots seem a little too cheesy uh, and and really Harold a lot of Harold Ramis's reaction shots I think the like the director went to reaction shots a little too much they seemed like I don't know I just something I picked up on this time around I don't uh, I don't get any of that I don't know I I enjoyed the film as a whole I'd I'd give it a four out of four stars wow yeah. cool all right I, it was well, well it was, it was well written as well acted directed uh the Tonally, it had a, a nice warmth to it. The, right. the visuals and, and the whole feeling of everything was great. All right. All right, I'm giving myself one star. 
for that. <laughs> you give yourself stars for recommendations? Yeah, I do. I give myself right. a star. Uh, uh, how many do you take away? And, yeah. Well, none. Don't, that's, don't you take away two from if, other people? If you don't like my recommendation, that's your fault. Not mine. <laughs> I don't take anything away. Um, uh, one other thing, uh, the... Um, uh, the Van Morrison, like uh, he, he, he's got all like the, the when they go on the um, uh, trip to uh, Baltimore, and he's got all the music all organized yeah. and all that. Yeah. The first thing he he takes out is a CD that's like you know his starting off like start the road trip thing and the, I think uh, it was like Icebreaker. Yeah, and he puts in and it was uh, Van Morrison and Sarah and I looked at each other like yeah Van Morrison <laughs> that's perfect because you put in any Van Morrison CD and yeah that's that's like the perfect. Music right there. Mm-hmm. So good choice, Melvin. Okay, movie number two. Here's the trailer. Woman! Whoa! Man! Whoa! Man! Hello! Woman! Hello! Whoa! Woman! Just after a bad breakup, Charlie McKenzie, played by Mike Myers, falls for lovely butcher Harriet Michaels, played by Nancy Travis, and introduces her to his parents. But as voracious consumers of sensational tabloids, his parents soon come to suspect that Harriet is actually a notorious serial killer, Mrs. X, wanted in connection with a string of bizarre honeymoon killings. Thinking his parents foolish, Charlie proposes to Harriet, but while on his honeymoon with her, he begins to fear they were right. Film also stars Anthony LaPaglia, Amanda Plummer, uh, cameos by Alan Arkin, Michael Richards, Stephen Wright, Charles Grodin and oh, there was someone else I forgot. Oh, and no. director Tommy Schlamiel. No, Tommy Schlamy. Tommy Schlamy. Tommy Schlamy. Tommy Schlamy. So I I wrote in Tommy there because um, Eric and I have been watching through West Wing, and there's okay. a West Wing podcast, and they always talk because Tommy Schlamy did West Wing. He did. Like he did uh, West Wing Studio 16. It's in my fun facts, and... Melissa. You're ruining my oh. fun facts. Okay, sorry. I'll just mute my microphone. There's okay, only two a... fun facts. There's only two of them, and Melissa okay. ruined one of them. <laughs> See, this is why I, this is why I was on the ba- bottom of the barrel, right? That's right. Uh... That's right. That's why we. <laughs> oh. oh, I'm sorry. I've only kidding. No. Go ahead. You're saying yes. Yes, he does. Well, why don't I just read that fun fact? Yeah, right go right for it. Was... Mm-hmm. Okay. Thomas, Tommy Schlamy, and Mike Myers disagreed often on set to the point that Schlamy told the Television Academy Foundation that working on the film was the most difficult experience I had professionally. The experience soured Schlamy on filmmaking, and he has since moved his career to directing and producing television. As of this recording, he has won nine Primetime Emmy Awards for his work on several television programs, including ER and The West Wing. And I'm pretty sure he's done, you know... um, West Wing is Aaron Sorkin. I'm pretty sure he also did Studio 60 and yes. um, Sports Night. Is that what it is, I think? Uh, there was there was a lot there that I could choose from. Yeah. And I just, those were the two shows that popped out to me. Yeah. And the West Wing, he was very big. In. Yeah. Like he, he won a ton of awards with the West Wing. So there you go. It had a happy, it's like they had a conflict. But then they went yes. off. Mike Myers had a movie career. And he had a TV he, career. It's a happy yeah. ending. He did. Right. Yep, he did great. Okay. Do you want to read the other one, Rambox? Or you want? Sure. Sharon Stone almost starred in the film, but lost out to Nancy Travis, who was dating producer Rob Freed at the time of casting. Rob and Nancy married a year after the film came out and have been together since. Another happy ending. You, yeah, you're just looking for <laughs> like positives here. <laughs> All right, so. I have He's a gotta that, find some. I have a feeling that Sawyer and Axford did not do well amongst this crew. I'm getting a vibe here. It's I, weird. I have the most notes on this oh movie. <laughs> oh wow. Notice that she was quiet during the good movie and now the quote unquote bad movie. She's got she's ready to go. All right. <laughs> what well, do you think we invited her for? <laughs> I am just gonna say my little piece and I'm gonna sit back. Uh, <laughs> I recommended this movie for Richard because I it has a dark sense of humor that I thought would appeal to him. And I thought he would be on the fence. Like he'd be watching this movie like, I don't know about this, but then Mike Myers would win him over as soon as Charlie's dad popped up because those scenes are freaking hilarious. Oh, 
that was the guy that I forgot to put in there. Can you believe I forgot to put Vicky in there? Come on, you guys had to have liked Vicky. Who's Vicky? My name is Don Johnson, but most people call me Vicky. Oh. Did we watch okay. the same movie? Come on, guys. Come on. Well, his moment was over so quickly. <sighs> but it was brilliant, though. It was one of the most brilliant. Come on. Nothing? No? Didn't Alyssa, would yourself? you like to go first? I'm oh. seriously, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm drawing a break, blank on that. The security guard at Alcatraz? It was Phil Hartman. Oh, Phil yeah, Hartman. that was the best part of the movie. <laughs> All right. Well, that's why I picked it. I think it's a funny movie. I, uh, yeah, I liked it. I like this movie. That's all I can say. All right. I, I do Go hear ahead. that there. Phil Hartman is Vicky. That's where I laughed out loud. You didn't like you guys didn't like the San Francisco coffee shop and all his little raps and spiels. No. Here, the, here's my yeah. um. Can I okay. can I just jump right to my my theory? Mm-hmm. Uh, this came out in 1993. Three. So you would have been in high school at the time, right, Kevin? Yes. Okay. But I probably didn't see it until maybe 95 or 90. Even better, when your college years, right? Yeah. Early college. Okay. Yeah. You see it in the theater? No, no, no. no, no. On on VHS. Yeah, so it would have been at least a year later. And by the time I got around to renting it, it it might have been 95 or 96. And this is before you had met Sarah? Yes. Okay, see... Kevin just seems like a romantic to me. He he was a lot of other kids were still into like their cartoon phase and you know their comic books and stuff. And were you playing video games at this at this point in your life? Um, or just during I, like a break period? I didn't. Um, no, I, in college I didn't have like we had like I could go in like if somebody brought Quake. Okay, so it's school, he, like he had no quake. other distractions, and and he was just a hopeless romantic waiting for the right person to come along. And he saw this movie, and he was thinking, you know what? That's gonna be me. That's gonna be my life in a few years. I'm gonna be out the in the city. Uh, I'm yeah, I'm gonna be out in the big city. I'm gonna have a friend that I can like sit down and talk about my relationship <laughs> troubles with. And then, you know, I'm going to have all these uh, romantic uh, liaisons here, but yeah, it's not going to be quite right. Cause I'm waiting for the right person. And this was all in his head for years. And then I never had you any know, of these thoughts. And then he met Sarah and he got his happy ending. Very happy marriage. Yes, Sarah's yep. given me so, a lot of happy endings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not just one Richard. Come on. <laughs> oh, I mean, every day is a happy ending. Oh, <laughs> so this movie has some sort of uh, deeper meaning for him. It's just one of those symbols of you know, that's what he was into at the time. Yes, pe- you you, know, you make fun of people for being into certain cartoons and stuff like ah, it's a kid I do show. Not. I this is like this was like uh, you know teenage early adulthood fantasy kind of stuff. And this is like it's just latched on into your head. You just what what movie isn't a fantasy? Well, I'm just saying this has uh, this movie hits you at the right time uh, in your life that it has some significance for you. So I get it. I understand it. I liked all the cameos. I like Phil Hartman, Charles Grodin. I love Charles Grodin. His deadpan humor. Uh, Stephen Wright. You know, he's got another deadpan humor guy. Mm-hmm. Michael mm-hmm. Richards was kind of like anybody could have done that thing, but whatever. Alan Arkin. I like was, Alan Arkin. Yeah. You know, so he good. wasn't, um, I don't think he was actually um, even like in the credits. He was uncredited, no. I think. Yeah, I don't think so. But he's kind of he great, man. It's like yeah. the chief there that's trying to. Was yeah. what that one line the guy had? He's like, I wanted to be Serpico and instead I'm Fish from Barney Miller. Yeah. <laughs> so good. I like it. Yeah. I don't know. I like this movie a lot. I think it's funny. All right. You've you've seen this with Sarah. She enjoys it as well. I think so. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. She likes it. Right. All right. Do you want me to ask her? You can ask her. All right. Hold on. I'm gonna ask her. (laughs) She's actually getting up. (laughs) My goodness. I thought I was just gonna text her. 
Yeah. Yeah, that's what I would have done. Do you like this movie? No. Uh, I thought maybe we could have uh, moved forward. <laughs> <laughs> now we wait. What is that thing on the back of his door? You I see don't those know. little footprints? I, think, I know. There's like feet. Is that like a jump? Oh, you know what? Mat? I was just going to say. Is that yeah. what that is? <laughs> I think so. We got to ask it. Oh boy! Now I'm ruining Kevin. Wait, Kevin, she said it was yeah, okay. Do you, yeah. Do you same. have a jump to conclusions mat on the other side of your door? Yeah. <laughs> Sarah, right. Sarah argued with me too about putting that up. She's like, "Oh, that's not very good." And I'm like, "That because when the door is open, right? Normally the door is open when I'm, yeah. you know, doing stuff. You know, mm-hmm. I like to look at that. So yeah, I do. I, I think you should put it on the floor somewhere." Yeah. Oh, no, it's like, not, a, like in a walkway, like the walkway a, of the doorway. Then the it's doorway. Not a real jump, jump to conclusions. Oh, man. It's okay. something that came in like the, the DVD. Oh, back. okay. So it's meant to be put up on your wall. Mm. All right. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah, she likes movie number three. Wait, can Harry I talk Metzelli. about this movie? Yeah, she's got like pages of notes there. She did I got oh. notes, man. All right, let's hear it. All right. All right. This is the first time I've seen this movie. Oh, me okay. too. Yeah. So I hadn't seen it before. So here's here's my thing. Okay, first of all, can Mike Myers not do a movie where he plays more than one character in the movie? No, he's Mike Myers. Like, Wayne's World. He was only one character. Okay. And and not to to his credit, Wayne's World possibly the funniest movie of all time. That, that's right up there with Life of Brian. Mm-hmm. Well, there you go. Yeah. So I don't know. Nice. And then I also <laughs> this is kind of weird, but I couldn't get past Mike Myers' red hair. I was like, what? Like, what's with the dye job of the hair? I don't know. Like, his hair was, yeah, his hair was like reddish. I don't know. And it just like, it was like very, it was very distracting to me. His haircut is not, yeah. This movie was extremely 90s. Yeah. This is 90s fashion, 90s style, 90s music, and overload. Okay, it came out in 1993. What do you you want from it? I'm just saying it's it's a product of its time. It it definitely tapped into the culture of the moment. So you guys Okay, go ahead, Melissa. I felt like it wasn't really a romantic comedy. I just felt like it was Mike Myers' comedy with a woman in it. Like, Mm. that's how I felt. Like, I didn't feel like this was a romantic comedy. Maybe I don't know what a romantic comedy is. I don't know. I don't know. Like, I've... say anything is a romantic comedy. I've you know, seen like, we're Princess Bride. I don't yeah, know. that's a good one. Yeah. So yeah. why is Princess Bride a romantic comedy and this one not? Like, they're both comedies and there's romance in it and romance is driving the plot. I I think, I, I don't know, maybe because it's Mike Myers and I feel like it was like his comedy. Like, it's his comedy bit. It was like a bit that he turned yeah. into a movie. Kind of a thing. Well, I don't know if he had um, as much say in this movie. Like, it's not really a, a Mike Myers movie. He's playing yeah, some characters that they put in there, but I don't know. So, you guys didn't like Charlie's dad? Well, I mean, yeah. Oh, my goodness. That guy kills me. That's like <laughs> the funniest thing, man. I don't know. Kid. I felt like maybe if I was, like, I don't know. I felt like maybe if I was like a boy, thirteen year old boy or something, I thought well, I would be. Well, now you're just stereotyping thirteen year old yeah. boys, Melissa. I know. Maybe we should have had a thirteen year old boy. Maybe, maybe <laughs> these romantic comedies. Uh, all right, I'm sorry, I didn't like this one. I didn't okay, like this one. This funny. one was a rough watch for me. Really? Yeah. Poor head, head. You know. Mm-hmm. Head in the way. Yeah. TV. Yeah, had Anthony LaPaglia there. He was like, he couldn't, he couldn't stop laughing. All those takes there, they were just like, you could tell like that was just Mike Myers just riffing away. Mm-hmm. But no, nothing, eh? Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, well, all right. This is why I don't recommend movies to the key dogs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, movie number three, When Harry Met Sally, nineteen eighty-eight. Here's the trailer. Men and women can't be friends because no man can be friends with a woman that he finds attractive. He always wants to have sex with her. So you're saying that a man can be friends with a woman he finds unattractive? No, you pretty much want to nail him, too. Grape? No, I don't like to eat between meals. 
I'll roll down the window. A faceless guy rips off your clothes, and that's the sex fantasy you've been having since you were 12. Exactly the same. Well, sometimes I vary it a little. Which part? What I'm wearing. You tell her about other women. Yeah. Like the other night. I made love to this woman, and it was so incredible. I took her to a place that wasn't human. She actually meowed. You made a woman meow? Sure. I need to talk. What happened? What's the matter? Harry came over last night. I went night over to Sally's last night. Because I was upset that Joe was getting married. And one thing led to another. And before I knew it, we were kissing, to and then... To make a long story short, we, we did, did it. They did it. The challenge. I'm difficult. I'm too structured. I'm completely closed off. But in a good way. And I'm gonna be 40! <laughs> when? <laughs> Someday. In eight years. men. Charlie Chaplin had babies when he was 73. Yeah, but he was too old to pick them up. In 1977, college graduates Harry Burns, played by Billy Crystal, and Sally Albright, played by Meg Ryan, share a contentious car ride from Chicago to New York during which they argue about whether men and women can ever truly be strictly platonic friends. Ten years later, Harry and Sally meet again at a bookstore and in the company of their respective best friends, Jess, played by Bruno Kirby, and Marie, played by Carrie Fisher, attempt to stay friends without sex becoming an issue between them. The film also stars no one else of consequence. <laughs> it really isn't. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Rob Reiner's mom has one line directed by Rob Reiner writer Nora Ephron runtime hour and 36 minutes oh, that's a proper movie length <laughs> oh, b- well both this and uh, Soy Mary and Axe Murder are an hour and 36 minutes oh really that movie only lasted about 36 minutes for me <laughs> Did you, so you didn't finish watching it you didn't Richard? watch it all uh, we're on Harry and Sally now, aren't we? Wait, well, no, because I'm going to go back. I also figured out the plot to that movie. Yeah, me too. Well, it's not that difficult. But... There's only so many characters in the movie, and there could yeah. only be one axe murderer. So, yeah. And it's freaking Amanda Plummer, who's, since this movie, has been typecast as, like, a freaky freak in everything. So, I mean, yeah. But... The comedy is what makes it worth the watch. Mm. All right. If you're gonna want to, if you're gonna watch Mike Myers comedy, watch. You know, there isn't a ton. There isn't a lot there. He's got like what six movies. This is one of them. <laughs> there you go. It's better than the Love Guru. You got to give it that. I've never seen that movie. All right. Me so. neither. So I'm just assuming it is. <laughs> Harry Met Sally. Let's okay. Fun facts. Somebody talks. I'll go first. Characters Harry and Sally were modeled after director Rob Reiner and screenwriter Nora Ephron, except for the falling in love part. Reiner divorced fellow director Penny Marshall in 1981 after 10 years of marriage. When he met with Nora Ephron in the mid-80s, he pitched a number of ideas for movies, including a comedy based on his dating experiences. Ephron agreed to write it extensively after extensively interviewing Reiner. The two had many discussions about how men and women view sex, love, and relationships differently. Those sweet how-we-met interludes with elderly couples throughout the movie are true-to-life love stories. Reiner took the best stories he got from interviews, then hired actors to retell them for the film. They were great, all Mm -hmm. those old people. Uh, Billy Crystal and Meg Ryan weren't the first choice for Harry and Sally. Albert Brooks turned down the role of Harry because he thought the movie was too reminiscent of Woody Allen. Rob Reiner initially wanted Susan Day of the TV show L.A. Law to play Sally. He also considered Elizabeth Perkins from Big and Elizabeth McGovern from Ordinary People. John Hughes' movie queen Molly Ringwald was also nearly cast, but declined due to a scheduling conflict. Molly Ringwald? Yeah. Can't see her as anything other than a teenager. Mm. 
The split-screen scenes are an ironic homage to 1959's Pillow Talk. At the time Pillow Talk was made, the Motion Picture Production Code, also known as the Hayes Code, set moral guidelines for all the films released by major studios. Movies weren't allowed to show a couple in bed, or bath or beyond, together, or any sort of sexual relationship between unmarried partners. Harry and Sally were kept apart to show how close they were as just friends. Crystal improvised a lot throughout the movie, including the line, when you realize you want to spend the rest of your life with someone, you want the rest of your life to start as soon as possible. That was a good line. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No one expected when Harry met Sally to be a hit. The film was up against the summer blockbusters Batman, Ghostbusters 2, License to Kill, and Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. When Harry met Sally opened in just 41 theaters on July 12th, grossing $1 million. It opened nationwide July 21st. And the rest is romantic comedy history. Editors note it was also up against the mighty UHF. That's right. Melissa doesn't like that movie. There's not enough letters in the title. (laughs) (laughs) Melissa, do you like UHF? I don't know what that is. That's a good romantic comedy. (laughs) There you go. I like UHF. I'm going to look it up right now. That's a romantic comedy. Melissa, do do you like MASH? I do like mashes. When mashes with the movie or the TV show? Uh, Doesn't matter. I, it's got four letters. I really like the TV show. The movie was 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 bad. The movie's but, you know, I, different. Yeah, yeah, it's different. That's why. Obviously, I, I, UHF is. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so I chose this movie for Richard because I think that this the writing in this movie. I even put Nora Ephron as a writer. I made sure to make note of it because I think the writing. In this movie, the dialogue in this movie is fantastic. I think every one that's thinking about writing for movies needs to watch this movie, and this is how it's done. Um, I understand that a lot of it is, you know, luck and you know, collaboration of different ideas. And and Billy Crystal was on point uh, with a lot of the ad lib lines and that, but really, it's the the dialogue in this movie just pops. Because um, if you think about it, there's like no action at all in this movie it's just people sitting and talking throughout the entire film they're talking in cars they're talking in restaurants they're talking over the phone that's it it's all just talk and it's an hour and a half and it flies right by and there that's why i recommended it because i thought richard would really appreciate the writing and i did it was very well written uh, again, great performances, uh, really good characters, just characters being themselves, mm. acting naturally, and you as the viewer find interest in their lives just because of, of the way it's presented. Uh, I thought this was great, too. I understand why Melissa would choose this as her number one out of the three. <laughs> I, I'm assuming uh, this might be the one that goes above as good as it gets. You can yes. correct me on you, that. You, you tr- yes, you, you guessed correctly. So yeah. really, Sarah has better taste in movies than I do because she's the one who picked this. Like, yes. She introduced it to me. So, yes. okay. All right. I've seen, and I've seen this before. And yeah. like I said, it's in our library. You know, we yeah. have the DVD. Um, I actually started watching it. We watched it again last night with a commentary. Oh, nice. Um, Who's on the commentary? Um, Rob Reiner. Okay. So, um, it's pretty good. Um, at, yeah, the dialogue, the banter is, is just amazing. You know, that part where he, um, when they're coming out of the little cafe and he's talking about how attractive she is. And then she like, is like, you're coming on to me, you know, you're dating my friend and you're coming on to me. And he's like, well, then forget it. You know, I wasn't coming on to you. Let's just, just forget it. And she's like, it's out there now. And he's like, well, we'll just let it lie. And then he, they go in the car and he's like, do you want to get a hotel? And he's like, see what I did there? Yeah. I said I'd let a lie, and then I didn't. You know, I just, I, like, I laughed throughout the whole movie. Yeah. You know? Yeah, this is a movie that's Good. funny uh, because the interactions and everything are, there's just humor there. Uh, mm-hmm. You can take it. But the performances are usually, uh, I'd say 98% of the time, very straight. You know, mm-hmm. it's a lot of that deadpan humor yeah. and a lot of, can you just find, uh, you know this naturally interesting nothing mm-hmm. is ever forced mm-hmm. unlike other performances in other movies right. right 
Because even if Billy Crystal improvised a lot of his stuff, he doesn't go overboard to make it the right. Billy Crystal show. You know, mm-hmm. it's it everything fits within the the context of the film. Yeah, mm. yeah, it was good. Okay, so the Harry and Sally rule: men and women can never truly be friends because the sex part always gets in the way. How do we feel about that? Is that is that true or false? <clears throat> Depends on if you're a man or a woman, I guess. Oh, I see. So you're perspective it... is different. For for I think, uh, well, the film proves that he was right, um, but maybe from a different perspective. I don't know, Melissa. From a woman's perspective, does that does that rule stay true? I don't know. I think there's always like a little you, you... bit of tension. You you said previously you had spent a night in a hotel room with a Hollywood <laughs> celebrity. How difficult was it for you to get to bed that night? Uh, it was pretty easy. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, the other thing, too, is are we saying that this is if you are not in a relationship? Well, see, he amended that rule afterwards, right? right? They both, yeah. yeah. But I think that he amended it because he wanted to continue to pursue her. That was really uh, the idea. But anyway, and aren't you like throughout this whole movie? Aren't you just sitting there saying they should be together? Those two should be together. They're trying like different relationships with other people. It's not working out. They're obviously in love because they are like watching. TV shows together, yeah, movies on, on the phone. on the phone, and right. it's like, come on, you two, just get together. But they just, they're so involved in their own, you know, neuroses. Is that the word? Neuroses mm-hmm. that uh, they can't see uh, past it, and you know. That's well, and they're trying not to, right? They're not. They're also. Yeah. They're saying this is my friend, and this we're trying to make it work as friends. But you know, like that. Um, the first New Year's Eve, you know, where they went as friends, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, and then they start dancing and he like closes his eyes. And I feel like he's smelling her hair. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, Soaking her in. yeah, yeah. That, was, that was uh one of my favorite scenes. Um, I, I think <clears throat> it was only really effective because they didn't do that early on. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was one of those things like in another movie you would have that scene come up really quickly and then the entire film is the whole what do i do i can't tell her i can't tell him mm-hmm. and they they got their secrets and they're talking to their friends they genuinely do become friends you right. know <clears throat> and that's a big part of the movie and the way that scene was shot where they're dancing and then they're they're spinning and then you see their faces and their reactions change mm-hmm. as as things are progressing it was really well done Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think what like if one of them had fallen in love with the other, like that would have it just would have made a crappy, mm-hmm. crappy yeah. movie of what one guy pursuing the fact that they're both in denial, you know, right. for for so long, and they come they come to the same conclusion uh, together, you know, uh, at the same time. That's what mm-hmm. uh, really makes the really makes it. And you know, I think like just reading about the background of this movie and, and Rob Reiner and, and Nora Ephron just sitting there writing this stuff for, for years, really, you know, like that just tells you how much effort went into making this movie and um, how much thought was put into it and all. And yeah, I, I don't know. I really like it. Okay. Wagon wheel, coffee table, yay or nay. Is it cool or not? No. Richard. Uh, that was straight out. No. Um, Ultimately, no, only because I didn't care for the glass top. The wagon yeah. wheel itself could be cool, cool as yeah. an accessory. Yeah, I agree. Put that yeah. up on the wall. Well, not only oh, that. I, I could circle... see that maybe up on the wall. Because like a, a circle coffee table in of itself is a complete waste. You can't have a circle coffee table. It's just a huge waste of space. You put that in front of a couch. You're like, what's a person on the end supposed to do? You know, he's got to reach all the way over there. But no. And it sticks out too far. Uh, not as a coffee table, but yeah, as a decoration. It's a wagon pretty... wheel repurposed as decoration could be yeah. pretty cool. Okay, all right. And it, it was this like a, a 
was this like a prelude to City Slickers? Is that uh... this came out before City Slickers? Yeah, yeah. I think this City Slickers might have been the next movie he made. I think so. That coffee table was like the spark. I got I, it the, might them have been. back together for City Slickers. Bru- uh, Bruno Kirby <laughs> is in City Slickers, so yep, with him. So, and you know who directed uh, City Slickers? I don't remember. No, Ron Underwood, who directed Tremors. Oh well, there you go. Case closed. Happy ending. <laughs> Yet another happy ending on Retro Film Dango. <laughs> we don't charge. Uh, yeah. You don't charge for happy endings? <laughs> no. All these Download them free. out left and right. Well, we may put a Patreon paywall. <laughs> uh, Who knows? Um, well, Kevin, thank you for recommending uh, As Good As two, It Gets. Two and... of the movies? Yeah, Harry. When Harry met Sally, I thought they were both very good, and I would happily watch the two of them again. Okay. Yeah, I'm look. I'm glad I watched. So I married. I'm glad I watched it, but I didn't like. I just didn't like it. Dark, dark humor. It's dark. I uh, I can I can handle dark humor. I can appreciate dark humor. It wasn't that dark, and there wasn't much. Humor. I don't know. I mean, also too, like the first scene in that one, the, you know, the cappuccino's coming, right? And he makes that joke. You know, yeah. I thought I it's... ordered the large, and I was like, "That's so." Yeah, weird. that's kind of where the movie lost me too. Yeah, <laughs> that's you know, like. See, that's where I said I thought Richard would be on the fence until Charlie's dad came in, and then that's where the. No, I, the... I. I love Wayne's World, and I think Mike Myers was really funny on a lot of SNL skits. And I, I still think Shrek Two is a perfect movie. I think he's really good in that. Uh, aside from that, I find a lot of his comedy too forced and over the top. Uh, even the Austin Powers movies, I, I think they're okay. But hello. <laughs> It's like, oh, jeez. That was a, that was one joke throughout the whole. No, movie. it was the one uh, running joke throughout Absolutely. the movie. All right, and the yeah, the, I'll, I'll I'll stay quiet. Yeah, let's uh, let's we it, it was too <laughs> you good. You are perfectly free to enjoy what you enjoy. I will enjoy. I'm it. Not stopping you. I'm not getting into it. Not good. judging you. I see it. You're just a romantic at heart, and that was it. That was the life you wanted. I didn't. I don't know what you're talking like about. Waiting. This bit is, makes no sense. I no, never it's had. It's just, I, I genuinely believe. You wanted that to you marry an ex murderer. I never wanted to marry. No, I just I like Mike Myers, and I thought his character Charlie's dad was funny. The stuff with Hid was funny. I thought his mom was funny. You know, it might be. It's you know, and maybe part of it too was that I went into these as watching romantic comedies, and so that that to me was I don't feel like that was well, what I still don't either. understand what it, like why I'm do you, sorry like, I think it was just a comedy I think it's just a comedy okay. it's not like a romantic comedy so what does it need like what do you need for it to be a you romantic need to comedy? have like what's the I think you need to have this this situation between a man and a woman where they're not together and things are they don't like each other at all or or you know they do and something happens where they can't get together and then they eventually do that's exactly and, what happened and so i married yeah an no this was just like <laughs> he oh. was he could never find love right so he was trying to find love and he would know. always put these obstacles between himself because he didn't want a commitment and i don't i thought there was lots of love there no love all right Okay, I'm wrong. It's but fine. I like when Harry Metali. When Harry Metali is really good. Yes. Okay. As good as it mm. gets, it's a good movie. Mm. Mm. I agree. All right. All I three agree. are good. I, I give them all all good passing grades. I'd like to hear what other people think. Not me. <laughs> <laughs> this is the part where we belittle the audience. <laughs> Well, luckily for Kevin, nobody ever comments on the film Dango. If somebody did want to, you could go on over to the forums, cartridgeclub.org, and to uh, the Retro Fandango section. Uh, let us know what you think about these three movies, romantic comedies in general, Wagon Wheels, Mike Myers comedy. Uh, make sure you head on over to Twitter. Follow at Mrs. Q-Dog. 
head on over to the YouTubes where you can find the Mighty Q-Dog page and you can see Melissa every single week. Um, anything else you like to plug? House. What, anything else you'd like to plug, Melissa? No, that's no. kind of it. We've got our YouTube channel, the Mighty Q-Dog, like you said, and it's D-A-W-G for right. those who don't know. Not D-O-G. Right. They're dogs, not dogs. Right. Yeah. Right. Oh, I didn't thank you guys for having me on. Oh, uh, thanks for being on, Melissa. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate oh. you finding me at the bottom of the barrel. Yes. <laughs> now we'll put you back at the, on the bottom of that barrel. <laughs> for the next time? Yeah. Stick you back on there. Okay. Yeah. Hey, and uh, next time we ask you on, if like you know of someone better than yourself, just okay. let us know. Hey, no, <laughs> okay. don't ask me. I can do that. Ask so-and-so. I can hook you up. There's someone better. Yeah. Right. Help us out. Okay. Crazy thing called love.